Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We are one game into Week 10. It has already started off not at all how we thought it was going to. I've got Dennis and Matt with me, as usual. On Fridays, we're going to recap the Thursday night football game between the Colts and the Titans, and we will preview all of Week 10. Gentlemen, how we doing on Freaky Friday? Man, I am having a fantastic day. We cannot hear you, Dennis. I can hear Oh. Yeah. So I, I hit I the know, unmute well, I button. I hear you. Go ahead. Continue. So ha- having a fantastic day. Uh, I've so far this Friday been able to avoid every single item on my wife's honey-do list. So uh, that I consider to be a win. <laughs> it's going up Debbie Dietz. Going on Debbie Dietz. That's up Austin. On whatever the hell. It's Mr. Austin yeah. Nace. Yeah. Well, uh Friday the 13th in 2020 did not uh, fail to live up to the expectations. Um, for the second week in a row, I've gotten to tow a car uh, to go have it repaired. Uh, and we just got a high wind warning. So uh, I guess uh, for my days off this week, I will be foregoing sleep. So really I mean, looking if forward we're being, to the weekend. If we're being honest here, Friday the 13th has been going on for like eight months now. <laughs> that's true. Months. Well, that that's the worst part about this, though, right? Is like it's actually Friday the thirteenth in twenty twenty. <laughs> how how worried should we be about some things that could go down today? Is kind of what everybody's been talking about. But I think if we're all being honest, we've probably heard like a million people say that today. So we're not going to bring that joke up or talk about it any more than that. Uh, not but joke, speaking man. of Friday thirteenth, <laughs> I mean Jonathan. How about how about Jonathan Taylor murdering all of our fantasy lineups yesterday? Yeah, Friday the thirteenth uh, got started yeah, early. Yeah, gotta love Jonathan Taylor. I swear to God, I hate Frank Reich. I really do. And if any of your fa- his family members how are we, watching, I appreciate him as a time, human being. At I this hate point him as a time, How coach. do you know it's how do you know it's the coach? And uh, you know what? A little bit on the player. It's interesting. Um, when I was watching that game last night, I almost feel like it's not Frank Reich, and so maybe I should remove the uh, the uh, what is it? The petition I have going around the internet to get him and uh, Patricia fired uh, because I, I was listening to the game and they were talking about. I think it was Aikman said it that it's actually the running backs coach on their team that decides who goes in and what posi- what uh, what possessions and who gets how many carries. And I was just like. What is his name? I need this information. <laughs> I got a friend I can call. So it's just, yeah, it's it's frustrating. But 
Speaking of the game, the Colts uh, did win, like we all pre- predicted, right? 34 to 17 <laughs> over the Titans. Uh, Phillip Rivers gets 16 points. Naheem Hines, 28. Jonathan Taylor, 5. Um, why do I want to call him? It is Michael Pittman, isn't it? Yeah, it's Michael My Pittman. God. I'm Michael thinking of Pittman his brother, Michael Pittman. From, actually, I think he says that Michael Pittman, too, but uh, out of Oregon right now. And then Trey Burton. Uh, five points. I'm sorry, Pittman, 19, who also outrushed Jonathan Taylor. I'm pretty sure everybody outrushed Jonathan Taylor. I outrushed <laughs> Jonathan Taylor to go get my mail this morning. Uh, is Hines taking over the backfield here in Indy? I, I don't think he's taking over the backfield. But when when evidence presents itself, you're crazy not to uh, take it under consideration and make decisions based on that evidence on the season. Uh, Taylor's RB 19 in PPR and Hines is RB 29. Uh, in the last four weeks though, uh, Hines is RB. Where'd he go? I just had him here uh, is RB 26 and Taylor is RB 35. So in the last four weeks, uh, Hines has been the one producing and that doesn't even take into consideration uh, Jordan Wilkins, what, 100-yard day a couple weeks ago or something. So there's something going on. You know, I think uh, Shane Swager, Swager uh, uh, Swags, uh, Swags OG on Twitter uh, mentioned something. that I think he, he asked the question, did, did Taylor have an ankle injury he picked up a couple weeks ago? And maybe that's some of it. Now, granted, the ankle injury doesn't have anything to do with the poor display of vision. He has been showing, and I also don't think Naheem Hines has the capability to be a an every down back. Um, I, I think you know it's like it's easy to fall in love with Giovanni Bernard right now, but we've watched what the Bengals have tried to do with Bernard before in the past, and when they try to make him an every down back, he only lasts for about three games. So I think the same thing with Bernard. You have to get him in space, get him on the edge. Uh, and so he's he's a, a complimentary piece that can have games of really, really high production. And we've seen that the past few weeks. Uh, I think Taylor long-term, uh, despite me trading him away earlier this week, uh, is going to be just fine. Uh, but this year, something it's, it's just not quite clicking for him this year, whether it's the offense being different from what he's used to and he just hasn't settled into that comfort zone. Um, but – when it comes down to nut cutting time, uh, Reich wants to win games. And if Taylor's not getting it, uh, getting it done, then he's going to put in Wilkins or Hines, uh, you know, or Carlos Williams or whoever the fuck he has there. Yeah. I will say when you're being compared to Trent Richardson, um, your career is probably not on the track you were hoping for. Uh, so Jonathan Taylor, you know, has not, Looked very good. Um, I saw an interesting stat. They noted that Naheim Hines is the Colts' leading receiver going into last night's game, and I'm sure he didn't uh, follow any off that pace with with what he was doing as a receiver last night. Well, but in his defense, so, though, all their receivers have been getting hurt and missing multiple games. So, and Hines has stayed healthy. So that kind of, that makes sense. But I don't even think most games he's been incredible as a receiver. So while I would agree with this, they're going to use groups and Heinz probably isn't going to carry the whole load. He's he may not be like the clear number one running back, but he might be the mo- the safest play at the moment because 
they continue to use committees in everything. It was yeah. nice to see Pittman, you know, sort of distinguish himself among receivers yesterday. Let's hope that continues. But they still like to use a lot of tight ends. They're using three and four running backs. I it, it doesn't look great for Jonathan Taylor. I I saw this poll on Twitter. And I was curious, your guys take somebody posted, you know, if we were holding dynasty rookie drafts today, is Jonathan Taylor still a first round pick? 89% said no. He's still I thought a that, pick. I thought that was a little bit of a panic. I, that was I a lot people, of a panic. Yeah, I get people panicking. I mean, I won't, I won't say who, but I had someone reach out to me today um, in a 16 teamer that me and Dennis were in together saying, Hey, let me, let me give you Taylor for, Taylor and something for Dobbins. And I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't want him. I had Dobbins higher than Taylor in my rankings anyways, but everybody's panicking on Taylor. I, I don't, I'm trying to remember who said it on, on Twitter because the way they put it was perfect. It's, Jonathan Taylor is still extremely talented, and it's one of those things where he's going to be good, but you just kind of have to accept him for the situation he's in this year. It's just one of those things where he's clearly not going to be the guy people like myself thought he was going to be, especially after Marlon Mack got hurt. He showed promise in those first couple games, and then for whatever reason, whether it's coaching or like we've talked about on here, obviously Taylor was was not playing great either. There were times that he was not looking good in games, Whatever mixed together has brought him to the point that he's at where he is. Naheem Hines, to me, is the safest play every week because he's going to get some of the receiving work. It seems like the only one they really don't go to in the receiving game is Wilkins because we see we saw Taylor get a couple catches yesterday, too. He had that great run after catch where he knocked the shit out of somebody. So, I mean, he Taylor's getting some work, but it seems like Hines, especially on hurry up and everything, it's, it's just Hines strictly out there. And so Hines is going to get that extra work. Uh, before we move on to Tennessee, because, Dennis, I know – Well, you, let's I talk about that. Let's talk about that trade. So, I I traded to that the that was okay. He has yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't that, want to say who it was. Yeah, you know who it that is. trade I I referenced a little bit ago. So I traded Taylor and Ceh together. Yeah, and I traded him for Miles Sanders, DJ Chark, and a first, which is currently yeah. the one hundred and five in a sixteen teamer. I think it's going to slide back a few spots, but. Uh, what do you think about that trade? Did it feel? Did, I, I don't feel I was selling early. I feel like it was a pretty good deal. I I, I like what I've seen from Sanders when he's yeah. been healthy, and I and and I like what's going on with Chark as well. So, no, I mean I I liked it when I saw you pulled it off because I, I you know I'm a big Sanders fan. Now I, I still believe in Taylor, but we've all all three of us been very open and honest about the fact that none of us believe Ceh is going to be that top five running back. Like, I think he'll he'll probably be a top 12 guy here and there throughout the years, but I don't ever see him being one of those top, top guys. So Sanders has that ability. He's got to stay healthy, but I think Sanders right. has a better shot because I think he is a true work down back in, you know, the way I word it when talking about him when he tried to trade me the Taylor pick because he's like, well, you're loaded. I'm like, yeah, but that's because I pretty much folded last year. I traded away yeah. everybody to get those picks to be able to get the Dobbins, Swift, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson. Well, I didn't draft just I got that in a really crappy trade. But, like, I drafted all these players. I year to build the team that I have now. I'm not going to sell on those guys. So, yeah, I, I like the trade for you. I thought it was good. Yeah, I think it'll be good, uh, too. And, obviously, him trying to offload Taylor right away tells you he's not feeling great about it either. Right. I don't know. I, I I'm one in seven in that league, and I felt like I had a, a better team. Uh, it just did not 
it just didn't perform. And, and so for me, I'm sitting right now with the 102 and the 105. I feel, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get up to the 101, uh, but I'm okay at the 102. The struggle there is I drafted Tua this year. So at 102 in a one quarterback league, you know, I'm not going to, I'm probably not taking uh, Fields or Lawrence. But at some point, man, I don't know. I kind of look at that. My concern is, is I don't know how easy it would be to trade to a, if I did draft Fields or Lawrence because we start eight, eight IDPs in this league. And honestly, I feel like the roster is a little bit shallow yeah. uh, for the number of, for having, I think we got 16 or 17 starters uh, and no yep. flexes. And so I feel the roster is a little bit shallow. And maybe it's just I'm not adjusted to not having any flexes, and so I need to uh, thin out my tight end and, and uh, uh, wide receivers a little bit. Uh, but right now, you know, Philip Rivers is my quarterback, and I haven't promoted two off the taxi squad, so I'm going to continue to. God, well, hopefully I would. Uh, I would Harris say. I would say it would be kind of easy to move to it. You just got to find one of those teams that only has the one quarterback. I mean, hey. Exactly what I was talking about earlier. I traded Gardner Minshew for uh, for Justin Jefferson in a fifth earlier this year because the dude needed a quarterback that bad. And, I mean, really sucks for him because then Gardner Minshew two weeks later ended up losing his job, and I ended up with Justin Jefferson. But uh, there's if you go and look well, at it, there's a couple teams that only have, like, one start. Like, even, I'm going to say myself, too. I think my quarterbacks, before I drafted Justin, uh, Justin Herbert in the second round of this league last year, my quarterbacks were Jacoby Brissett and, well, it was Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, and then Gardner. But I kind of knew Gardner really didn't have a future, and then Jacoby Brissett got replaced with Rivers. So if you, I bet if you go in there and look, there's a couple teams that only have like one QB. So you might be able to try and figure out a way to finesse even like a second round pick out of them for Tua, which is valuable in a 16 teamer. Yeah, and, and we do have a couple Dolphins fans in that league as well. So yeah, you know, I don't know if I don't Parker know. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, you mean Taysom Hill 2.0? Yeah, yeah, I know. I heard he got that rushing touchdown yesterday, and Taylor pushed him in as well. See, if I were Jonathan Taylor, I'd have stripped the ball from him, grabbed it, and rolled into the end zone. But I mean, that would ensure that you uh, don't get to see the field. Yeah, hey, forcing you know a fumble on your own teammate. He's not going to see the field anyway, so at least help my fantasy team out the last week that I start you. All right, on to, on to the tight. No, wait, I wanted to bring this up. I feel like we're going to spend way too much time talking about this game, but you were a big fan of Pittman. Uh, I do think that he has moved into flex starts, uh, flex territory now moving forward. This is two good games in a row that he's gotten more involved. Yeah, I, I think Rivers has trust with him, and he's a, he's, he's a different receiver than T.Y. Hilton. Uh, yep. You know, he's, what, 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds. Uh, he he can go up and get it. He he has decent separation ability, pretty good route runner. Comes from an NFL pedigree. I I like Pittman uh, in, in this draft, these rookie drafts this year. Being able to get Pittman at like pick eighteen, nineteen, sometimes pick twenty, I felt like I was getting him and Edwards it, it back there. I I felt like I was stealing. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's moved into that range too. I'm really happy uh, to see him back and producing. Yeah, right there with you. All right, so on to Tennessee here. Tannehill ten points, Henry eleven, AJ Brown three points. I felt so bad about that. We we told somebody on the podcast yesterday to start AJ Brown. I told someone else to start Taylor. You did. He's been incredibly. 
I know, but still. Uh, Corey Davis gets his 11.7, baby. You said this yesterday. You always end up at the end of the week with guys that that were sure starts that flopped and somebody that – and you question. A.J. Brown has been going off. Everyone and their brother had him at least top 20. He dropped a for sure touchdown pass, too, yesterday and had the big play down the sideline. So I'm with you. It just – it sucks. It, it does make me feel bad because that dude came in with like four solid options. And we're like, no, you have to start AJ Brown. And then no, that that was at running back. AJ Brown, he said, was his best wide receiver. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, and hopefully hey, that guy listened to you. I started. You told him I not started to start AJ Taylor. Brown in two places. Yeah, and I and know. I told him hey, to I started him everywhere I had him. He yeah, he he doesn't always get a ton of targets, but he's he's typically very very productive. He's super mm-hmm. efficient. He he can score you 15 points on three or four targets. That's mm-hmm. just that's just that's just what it is. That was that was a terrible drop. I don't think yeah. the drop had any uh bearing on him not getting more targets. It seems like that was just their game plan. Tennessee they, they is didn't, struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're not throwing the ball a lot. Their pass and, and offense it, has been really bad the last couple of weeks and really uneven. So I, uh, you know, if you have you have Brown, you you start Brown. You're not sitting Brown, but yeah, yeah, that was a unless, that drop was unless rough. your other wide receivers are like Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Then maybe maybe you're sitting right. Brown, but uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I do like that John New Smith came through. We I talked about it yesterday. I think I was like I, I'm I talked about him getting like eight something points he gets 9.5 so if you listen and to it, was rushing, Yonu, it was the rushing it was the rushing touchdown which i know so oh, that's even that's even better but uh, are we worrying about the titans at all this passing offense has not looked quite the same but matt me and you talked about it yesterday really since that steelers game where they came back from the two weeks of the covid stuff uh they mm. have not looked the same are we worried about the titans what's going on iso i don't think you you're worrying about them. I, I think it might have been unrealistic to think they were going to produce top five offensive numbers or top eight offensive numbers. But they're, uh, they're, they're kind of a maybe top half of the league. That's what Tannehill's long history is. If you're just going by last year and the beginning of this year, it's easy to get wrapped up and think, oh, I've got this these players from this high-powered offense. But that's that's not really what it is so much as it is guys making plays uh, that kind of makes their offense feel like it's really high powered. Vrabel is by nature, uh, he, you know, he wants to play defense and shorten the game. That's why you've they got have no defense, right? Their defense is fall, yeah, and and so the the plan sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and it's not. Now I, I think Arthur Smith is going to have to start to adjust more. I think Corey Davis starting to break out finally after 92 years uh, gives them a nice pairing with Brown and Davis. Uh, Maybe, you know, honestly, having Adam Humphreys out with COVID the last couple games, that might be something that's hurt them. You know, he's that chain mover, that Cole Beasley, that Hunter Renfro, uh, that guy that, you know, when you need seven yards, he's going to get you seven and a half yards every single time. And that might be what's really kind of put a damper on their offense because when you get in that third and mid, third to mid long, uh, if you can't convert those, that you know that kind of that stops your offense. And and having a guy that you know can consistently find that zone 
that's going to get you that yardage, you know, that might be what their problem really is. I would say the only thing that is concerning to me is, uh, you know, we're not, we're seeing defenses trying to take Henry out and that's been pretty successfully happening. He's not putting up huge yardage the last few games. What's also not happening is when they try to take Henry out and force the Titans to win through passing, they're not, they haven't really been able to get a good passing offense together. I mean, last week they beat Chicago because Chicago is not incredible on offense itself. And they got a couple of big plays and that ended up being enough, but they have not had very high volume passing offense in the past few weeks. And that's why, you know, in week nine, I think he only completed 12 passes. Eight of them were to AJ Brown. So he was the only receiver that was worth anything last night. I think he threw for 99 yards, something like that. Yeah. So, Corey Davis caught five. They didn't complete very many passes, so there just wasn't enough volume to really get those guys going. Johnny Smith wouldn't have had a good day if he hadn't fallen into the end zone on a rushing play, which, you know, uh, so that's ball, and he pirouetted in and everything. He all was, right. But know, that's where he threw for 147 a, yards. All right. So, 147 yards for Tannehill. That, so, I mean, it's still not very much for professional football. Yeah offense so though that's where it would probably be a little bit of a concern so you have four four players you felt pretty good about always being high starting options plus fifth and Corey davis this offense the last three weeks hasn't seemed to be able to support more than one or two having decent games yeah, and I think for me, the only two I'm really trusting is probably A.J. Brown and Henry. I mean, Henry doesn't have the great day because he doesn't score, but, I mean, he's still producing somewhat. I mean, I, I like I said, I like Janu, uh, but we talked about yesterday. I think the the fact that they're using him to block so much as well kind of worries me about Janu. And again, he makes it happen because of the rushing touchdown. Outside of that, you're looking at another, like, three-point performance from him, so that's uh, not 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 great for you. All right, so let's preview all of these games here for Week 10. We're kicking it off with the 2-6 and six Texans at the 5-3 and three Browns. For Houston, we have Deshaun Watson coming in at 5, Duke Johnson 15, Fuller 10, Cooks 24. David Johnson is out. What are you guys expecting from Duke Johnson in his revenge game against the old yeah. Brownie? Duke Johnson's revenge game. Uh, I expect 14 carries for 36 yards uh, and – five receptions for 35 yards. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think so. I think Deshaun Watts, you, you know, he's got, he he's dialed in with Fuller and Cooks and Cobb. Uh, that, that passing game is actually producing pretty well. Uh, you know, not DeAndre Hopkins well by any stretch, but uh, Cooks has been pretty good over the past few weeks at putting up some real good numbers. And Deshaun Watson uh, is a top five, top six quarterback, uh, especially for fantasy. And I think that uh, he'll continue to do the things he does. I just, you know, we, I, I see lots of people that are like, look, Duke Johnson was the leading rusher in Miami University history, University of Miami history, and he's five foot eleven and two hundred and nine pounds, and he's dynamic, and that's plenty big enough. Well, he's been in the league now for what six years, seven years. I I, I think that, well, ideally, you would want an 
enough evidence for people to go, no, we know we can't give him the ball. I think I think we've seen enough to say Duke isn't a 20 carry guy. Uh, he's yeah. just not. Uh, thir- 12, 13, 14, even with David Johnson out, I still think that's probably where he'll he'll max out, or at least where he should. Um, I like I like Duke as a player. I just don't think he's a, a super high fantasy relevant guy. If he gets the touchdown, that's getting a touchdown is going to make or break Duke Johnson's week for you if you're starting him. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We saw it last week um, when he was stepping in there. Oh. Our international audience has I apologize because I'm going to butcher this, but is it's Guten Tag, right? Is that how you say it? I'm pretty sure that's how you say hello in German. I think it is. Um, you know, Duke coming in, uh, filling in that role, got the touchdown, got about 15 points last week. I think that's what you're hoping for if you're rolling them out there. Uh, you know, maybe a high-end RB2 range. I'm with Dennis. I don't see him getting a ton of yards. He has appeal and probably should be started almost everywhere because he figures to be the lead back uh, in an NFL offense this week, but I don't see him running for a hundred yards or, you know, it's not like sticking Mike Davis in there and being like, Hey, yeah. now I got my, my RB one. Yeah. I, I don't think he has a huge day. I mean, I've mentioned it multiple weeks now. The Browns have a very underrated rush defense. Actually, they, they've held a lot of teams in check when it comes to rushing the ball. You can beat them in the passing game like nobody's business is where Deshaun Watson's going to come in and just wreck shop to, uh, on Sunday against the Browns. But they actually have a pretty good rush defense. Uh, I think Duke has a decent day, though. I think they had him up around 13. So I, I do think he likely scores just because. If he does get out of the backfield and does some work in the passing game, I don't see any of the linebackers that can stay with them. And we have seen, for whatever reason, when Duke gets the ball and he catches it, he can actually do some damage compared to he just doesn't ever seem to be quite as elusive and, and get going there when he's uh, when, when he's rushing the ball. Hey, all right. Uh, we were talking about the last football game. Yes, uh, we are now previewing the games uh, that are going to be going on the rest of the week uh, through Sunday and Monday. Uh, on the Browns side here, so we got Baker coming in at 14, Chubb at 8, Hunt at 11, Jarvis Landry at 32, and Austin Hooper at 14. It's Chubb's first game back. Couldn't pick a better matchup going up against the NFL's worst rush defense. So what are you guys expecting out of him? I am cautiously optimistic with Chubb. Uh, I don't. I think uh, I actually have Hunt at eleven and Chubb at eighteen. So I must be the one who's low on Chubb uh, compared to the rest of you, you jokers. I, I I think that you you know I'm concerned because before he got injured, we saw they were using uh, Hunt in the passing game. He was the passing down back and he was getting a share of the carries. Now, Chubb, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he comes back and he he carries the ball 15 times for 150 yards with two long touchdowns because he's got that ability. But I feel like if the if the Browns get up, uh, they're going to probably, with Chubb just coming back off his injury, they're going to be more likely to go to Hunt because they know Hunt can produce uh, as well. They want to take it easy with him coming back off that injury. Uh, if it's close and they need to grind it out, I think then they're they're going to have to sort of, you know, just say, well, we're we need to make sure we need to hope you stay healthy, but we need you to get out there and, and grind out, you know, four yards of carry for the next ten minutes to keep Houston off the field. Uh, 
I, I have cautious optimism. If I have him, I, I think I'm starting him. Did they officially activate him yet? Because as of a couple hours ago, the teams I looked at, like on Sleeper, I looked, they had him projected for points, but still had him on IR. Yeah. Uh, he's, well, he was, what is it, designated to return, but he hasn't been officially activated yet. Last I saw, which I think they were still waiting for, I guess the latest reports to come out today, but I know they said the other day that he practiced without the knee brace on. So I can't imagine he doesn't play. If he's already practicing without the knee brace, he's likely going to go. And I don't know how much he's going to be involved. I think he's going to have a great day. I'm I'm a, over a hundred yards rushing touchdown. Just book it now. But I don't know if that's going to be on like a Oakland Raiders first season or his rookie season thing where he went off for like 200 yards on three carries kind of thing. But I, I just think he's, he's going to be used. I, I agree with you. I think Hunt's going to be the guy for the most part, but but Chubb will get his, I do think they want to get him more involved. Uh, Cause the other bad thing about this is we're looking at another bad weather game up there in Cleveland, a lot of wins. So we saw that didn't work out for that offense very well when they played the Las Vegas Raiders a couple weeks ago. I do think they want to win this game badly. They're going to get Chubb involved. Yeah, and they, they probably will need their A team. We saw it before he went out. The where the Browns were at the best was when both Chubb and Hunt were going good, and they were focused on that running game. Uh, the Texans will will probably challenge and put up points with the receivers in the passing game they have. So I expect it's not going to be a blowout. Yeah, if Denzel Ward, baby, I need you to lock down Will Fuller as much as possible. I'm picking the Browns to win. Who are you guys taking? Browns. Browns for me. Damn it. Last time we did this, they got beat by the Raiders, so that's not good. You're news. welcome. Five and four. Here we come. Let's do it. All right. The two and six uh, Washington football team at the three and five Lions for Washington. We've got Gibson coming in at 12, McKissick at 20, and Terry McLaurin at eight. What are you guys expecting from them with Alex Smith now be uh, the starting quarterback for the WTF? <laughs> Uh, expect WSC to get 14. Oh, is it? Oh, it is. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds better than we go to Washington. Get 14 no, Washington football team. W. Oh, it is. Damn it. Okay, you're right. My bad. Continue. Can so, we call them Washington the football team? I feel like that sounds better. W WTFT football team go. is hyphenated, so you only have to use the F. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um. Now, I, I, you know, McKissick has been uh, a pleasant surprise, I think, in PPR leagues. Uh, he's showing himself to be flex worthy. Gibson is is the running back to to own there. Uh, he's going to get the majority of the carries, and he'll get a few of the targets. But they need to. They're, they're still getting comfortable with how much of the game uh, Gibson can handle, and. They're very comfortable with McKissick in the passing game. He's not going to miss yeah. blocks. He He's going to make sure his assignments are taken care of. He's going to be where they need to go. And we know that uh, aside from one season in Kansas City, uh, Alex Smith is uh, all about that short game. And, and so that's going to bode well for J.D. McKissick. Uh, I think M- McLaurin has shown himself to be uh, quarterback proof. And so I don't think uh, going to – uh, Alex Smith is going to upend his game at all. I think he'll still produce. Uh, he, he has uh, put himself in top 20 consideration on a weekly basis, pushing top 12 uh, every week. So uh, I, 
I would hate to be sitting here three years from now having conversations about Terry McLaurin like we do about Allen Robinson, though. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you think Allen Robinson reached out and invited Terry McLaurin <laughs> to join a support group this year so that they could, you know, call each other and have, you know, hey, how was it? Well, few lame ducks, but, you know, I caught one in the middle of three people, made them all fall down and went for a 75-yard touchdown, so I'm doing my part, you know. Uh, but I'm with Dennis. I think uh, McKissick, uh, we will see him. You know, what we saw last week is probably an encouraging sign of what you can see going forward. I played him um, in quite a few places. He's a player. I mentioned this on Monday. If you're on sleeper, he has both running back and wide receiver eligibility, and that's really nice for patching over bye weeks and injuries and the uh, seemingly endless string of COVID outages. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on Monday. He was clearly looking for McKissick uh, when he got into the game. I think McKissick's going to be a good play. And then with, just as, with as bad as Detroit's secondary is, I'm, I'm all in on Terry McLaurin this week. I, I don't know if I'm going to have him or, or rank him this high moving forward with Alex Smith, although Alex Smith didn't look bad at times last week. So maybe if he continues to get the play, well, I don't see, they're not going back to Haskins, it seems like. So as long as he continues to get the playing time, maybe I'll trust McLaurin a little bit more moving forward. But this is definitely a good matchup for him. Uh, for Detroit. I mean, uh, I think right now, though, with Smith, I think he's in the mental part of the game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has to overcome, I don't know, if uh, in, I think it was – uh, any given Sunday with Dennis Quaid where yeah, he, he, he got jittery. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think Smith has to get o- make sure he's over that type of thing. Is he, is he okay when there's people around his legs? Will he stay okay? Will he continue, uh, you know, or is he going to be late stage Peyton Manning curl up in a ball when players get near you? <laughs> uh, yeah. We've got uh, Stafford coming into 18, Swift at 14. Marvin Jones at 31 and TJ Hawkinson at, yes, we are. ISO at two Galladay is out. What do you guys think Detroit will look like, look like without him? Washington, not a, a good, I actually, they have a good defense all around. I'm not going to try and say they're here. They're the offense. Their defensive line is very good, but their secondary is not bad either. You know, I, I think the lions are starting to get used. We should bring up that there's a shot Hawkinson might be out as well in this game. I heard earlier today. So yeah, he's questionable, yeah. but I think he'll be officially. Fine. You know, Marvin Jones is there. Marvin Hall is there. Uh, they they the running back group is a mess because of the coaching, but the wide receiver group you, you can't. You know, Marvin Jones is not going to replace Kenny Galladay. He's a great complement to Kenny Galladay. And I and I so they're definitely going to miss him, but we have seen Marvin Jones put up great games, and so if you know Josh Norman ends up on Marvin Jones, I, I like that matchup. You know Norman can still make some plays. Is Norman still in Washington? Uh, no, he's I, with New York now, isn't he? Or is he? With oh, Washington? is he? Yeah, that's the, I forget who Washington. I can't so, remember because he got stiff armed to oblivion by Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure yeah. it's not what. You know, but we've seen Marvin Jones throughout the course of his career come up big in some games. Uh, Josh Norman's on the Buffalo Bills, right? Bills, now. that's right. So I, I'm not, you know, Matthew Stafford is a, a good quarterback, 
and they've got competent receivers outside of Kenny Galladay, uh, if not, you know, the, with the superstar status of Kenny Galladay. So they've got Hawkinson and, and they've got some weapons. You know, they their issue is coming down to coaching and can their offensive line hold up against that Washington defensive line. That's really the biggest thing. I, you know, honestly, I probably temper my expectations. You know, we have Jones at 31. He's our highest rated uh, Detroit receiver. Um, I dare say if uh, Galladay was active, he'd be inside our top 20. So there's definitely a drop off there. It looks like Kendall Fuller and Ronald Darby are the starting corners for Washington. Um, you know, I think Detroit's used to playing without Kenny Galladay this season now. Uh, he missed a ton of games at the beginning of the season. He was back for a couple. He's been gone for a couple. Um, and we've seen, you know, I had, a, you know, the first couple of times I expected Marvin Jones to have a little bit of a bigger game. It seems like he's done a little better in this most recent time when Galladay has been out. But no matter who it is, they seem to find a way Um you know, that also keeps them from giving DeAndre Swift enough carries to be consistently relevant to. So it's probably be the 95 carry Adrian Peterson revenge game. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm playing Swift in hopes that uh, with with Galladay for sure being out and them having a good defensive matchup here against Washington, that, that he might get some work in the passing game and and the running uh, rushing game as well. Uh, I am picking uh, Detroit to win this game, though. Who are you guys taking? Also Detroit. Detroit for me as well. I need to double-check this, but I'm pretty sure that's who I picked. I will pull that up really quick while we answer ISO's question here. All right, I got offered Kenyon Drake, Brandon Cooks, and DJ Moore for Zeke. Drake going to be similar to Zeke the rest of the season. Is this redraft or dynasty? Yeah, that, that makes a big affect, difference. Yeah, that, that really affects my my choice on which way I'd go with this, if, depending on which way it is. Uh, I did pick the lines. Okay. Your other wideouts are Julio, Kenny G, and your backs are Kareem, Eckler, and Jackson. It's redraft. 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 I would probably uh, do it. Uh, see yeah i mean the worst part about that is like they're saying eckler may be back in two weeks so you're gonna have to ride with with there's talk that that kenyon's gonna play this week you're gonna have to play drake and, and kareem for two weeks not that zeke's been that great either but it really improves your wide receivers getting brandon cooks and dj Moore. though dj Moore hasn't been great either but cooks has been yeah uh Boy, it's tough. Uh, you know, Zeke is just, he's having an off year. And so I, I feel like it's, it's DJ Moore and Zeke. You know, if I knew for sure Drake was going to play this week, not that I expect Drake to put up great numbers, but Eckler and Jackson are both out this week. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that leaves him with just Hunt if he trades Well, Zeke. but that's so the thing. He, he, can't, he can't play Zeke this week either because Zeke's on a bye. So at least getting right. Kenyon Drake, you have a shot to play. I mean, like, Zeke's not going to play either, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's not an unfair trade. Uh, no, I mean, it is a fair know, trade. It's just – Yeah. I, I, mean, I wouldn't do it. I, 
I'm keeping Elliot because I think his potential and what he could actually do on the field is going to be greater. You know, there he's been banged up for a couple of weeks. You said that he looked like he was disinterested. Maybe I thought last week he was trying to run really, he was trying really hard. He just, you know, their line had been banged up. They got some better, their line is getting healthy. They got some guys back. I, I think that's one you're going to regret because cooks is going to have games where he's great and have games where he disappears. That's what has been happening with the Texans and their wide receiver shuffle. I don't, and DJ Moore, for whatever he's reason, feels like the, he, yeah, he feels like he's on the outside looking in among receivers on his own team, and that's before McCaffrey potentially comes back again starting next week. So, I would probably just hold tight. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's a coin flip. Um, I, I guess I probably tend to lean. Don't make the trade. Stay with Zeke myself, but. Uh, good streaming option. So 10 man league tight end. Uh, I would probably have them almost in the order you have there. It'd be Hooper, Gasecki, Herb Smith for me, then Thomas Higby, Everett Reed, Burton. I, well, you can't use Burton. He played yesterday, but, uh, um, well, rest, 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 um, yeah, rest of the season. I like Gasecki probably as my number one there. Um, Reed has shown he's got the most upside but he's likely to have to be replaced in a week or two um irv has come on a little bit honestly it's probably gasecki burton hooper for me i don't higby man dude just disappeared probably uh gasecki hooper burton irv smith for me and I'd feel better if you just called them streaming options and not good streaming options. <laughs> well, there's really no good tight ends, it seems like, in fantasy. I said Travis <sighs> Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey and then absolute crap everywhere else. So I know. It's been depressing. All right. Jacksonville, uh, the 1-7 Jags versus 6-2 and two Packers. We've got Robinson at 5, Chark at 16. Uh, the future Tom Brady, as Dennis called last week, Jake Luton, Lutton, however you say it, uh, looked decent in we- last week. Can he keep it going? Does Chark keep benefiting from having him at quarterback? He looked like he had a good connection with Chark, so I think that's got to be optimistic. I don't know. We got to define keep it going. Um, you know, he probably what he did last week. I don't know that he will do what he did last week every week because yeah. not everybody's the Texans defense. It'll be more sure. interesting to see if he can keep connecting with Chark the same way going against Jair Alexander as opposed to whatever Houston was throwing at him. Yeah, it's gonna, I, I think it's definitely gonna be a uh, rougher game this week. You know, Green Bay has a much better pass rush and, uh, Jair Alexander has been playing well. I, I think Lut, Luton's, Luton's uh, skill set suits DJ Chark. You know, he can throw the ball deep well. Um, uh, LaVisca is going to be out this week. So it, it's going to be Chark and then Conley and Cole. Uh, I, I like what Luton has shown, but, I mean, let's be honest. He's playing in a lame duck offense with a lame duck coach. And he's got an undrafted free agent running back that could be the next Arian Foster, uh, could be out of the league next year. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, he's an undrafted free agent, and he's not going to get uh, 
When you say things like that, it makes me think I should have traded James Robinson. <laughs> I, I traded for him in two or three different spots. I feel like he's going to be good. I, you know, I feel like he's probably more Philip Lindsay than he is going to be out of the league next year. Uh, probably not Arian Foster. But oh, so you mean his team will just constantly try to replace him with, even though he's good. and he'll and he'll constantly say, "I told you you were wrong. Told you you were wrong through his play." No, I, I like Robinson. I think he he's got a good all around skill set but we've also seen running backs uh also even the best of them uh, have health issues frequently uh i think going forward for the rest of this season i'm comfortable with luton and uh chark robinson uh, I, I don't know how good a game they're gonna have so to say can he keep going what he did last week you, you know it's the difference between you know fighting a can of tomatoes and fighting mike tyson uh, it's it's not the same. You're you're gonna uh, you're you're gonna have to make more plays against a better team. And who knows? Maybe you know that's what got Gardner his shot was nobody believed he could do it, and he made plays when he shouldn't have. So we've seen it happen before. Yeah, I'm honestly not expecting much out of him in this game. I mean, the the defensive line for the Packers is pretty good. Jair Alexander, I, I imagine, is going to be matched up with Chark. Uh, obviously, I own Chark in a couple places. I roster Chark in a couple places, so I'm hoping he has a good game, but I, I, I'm not expecting it. I think this could be a, a tough game for them um, overall. On the Packers side, Rodgers at one, Aaron Jones at two, Adams at one, and Bobby Tanyan coming in at 18. Outside of those big three guys, uh, is there a Packer that you're willing to play this week? Jaguars are definitely uh, fantasy Halloween for you. They're giving out points and candy to everybody on the opposing offense. So who who else are you playing outside of Adams, Jones, and Rodgers? Well, I definitely think that Jamal Williams is worthy of a flex start. You know, he's going to get some opportunity. They, they've shown that they trust him. They like what he brings to the table. They also recognize he's not Aaron Jones. He's all right. He's a competent NFL back. He's not Aaron Jones. But they're also not going to give Aaron Jones 35 touches. Uh, and against Jacksonville, I would not be surprised if uh, Rodgers only throws the ball 30 times. Now, he could throw the ball 30 times for 23 completions and 350 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, that's well within the scope of possibilities. But uh, I think they're going to be able to get out ahead of this game and they're going to run the ball, and that's going to bode well for Jamal Williams. I expect in the second half he's going to not just get a change of pace or third down spot duty in the second half. I expect that Williams will get some full series play. Uh you know, MVS is the, the two with uh, Lazard out, and I think that he also has shown he can make some plays. He doesn't need to have 10 targets to be productive, um, but it's a he's definitely a boomer bust guy. So he might get two targets for 70 yards and a touchdown, and he might get two targets for one catch and four yards. Uh, so you, you start him in deep flexes at your own risk. I believe Tanyan may be out, though. He's he may be trending towards out. I mean, he's kind of pretty much been out the past couple weeks, anyways. Just. He wasn't uh, on the injury report that I saw. It didn't look like he was out yet. Um, the other one to watch is I know Lazard entered the 
uh, window for returning. And earlier in the week, they had some projections, same as kind of like a chub, that he's on IR. <clears throat> I would I would watch that because I think there is some potential for a second receiver in Green Bay to have flex value. And if he comes back, I would probably play him over MVS this week. Yeah, so, they, they said uh, – I think they – I saw a blurb earlier where they said they it didn't look like they were going to start Tanya and his core muscle was kind of – or not Tanya and uh, Lazard. Lazard. His core muscle was acting up. And so the Lazard is trending for out. Tanya is questionable. Uh, so interesting thing that I just came across here. Obviously, only one of these games, uh, Jake Luton was the starter, but DJ Chark, uh, the past four weeks, has got 11 targets a game, which is sitting at number two in the NFL behind Mr. Devontae Adams with 12.5. So even though Jair Alexander is really good, hopefully this means that he'll he'll still have a really good uh, game. You know, we talked about this, I think, on Monday or last Friday, the fact that uh, – you know, I watched a couple of those last few games with the Jaguars because of who they were playing, specifically the one where they played the Chargers, and DJ Chark was wide open on a couple of plays, and Minshew just completely missed him, and you could see Chark was visibly upset on the sideline because he was – I think that was the game that he caught like one catch for 20 yards, and that was it, and he was targeted like six times. So Luton did seem to get him the ball. Obviously, had the big play last week. Um, hopefully, that continues. Uh, that all being said, I am taking the Packers, though, to win this game. Either one of you yep, picking the Jags? No. Packers. All right. Three, four, and one Eagles versus two and seven Giants. We've got Carson Wentz coming in at seven, Miles Sanders at six, Travis Fulgham at 19, Jalen Rager at 37, and Dallas Goddard at 10. The Eagles are getting more full or coming back more full to strength and are the clear favorites in the NFC East. Yes or no? Uh, I think offensively, right now, they they have the most talent. Um, you know, Wentz gets gets banged on a lot for not being good, but he, he is, I think, a much better quarterback than uh, people outside of Philadelphia give him credit for. You know, Sanders, if he's healthy, we've seen he's super dynamic and he's good on all three downs. Uh, they do trust Boston Scott and Corey Clements, so they're not afraid to use him. So I feel like Sanders' potential won't be reached in this game because they're going to uh, give him a few extra blows here and there with because they they do trust those other guys. Um, I know everybody loves to hate on Alshon Jeffrey, but he's back this week and he's fully healthy. And well, you know he, he doesn't se- he doesn't separate <laughs> much, but you know Al- Alshon hey, has he separates his muscles from his body all the time. You're right. You know he, he get he he's he runs hot and cold. And coming off, you know, he may have to warm up, but he could really dent the the effectiveness of Fulgham and Rager and Ward uh, for these next few weeks. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I'm not ranking Jeffrey above Fulgham and Rager. Uh, I would probably put him in the, you know, mix with Ward for the wide receiver three numbers uh, in Philadelphia. But I also won't be the least bit surprised if he goes, you know, Seven for 75 and two touchdowns. If anyone ever doubts whether you're an optimist, we should run back that clip where you said you think that Jeffrey's going to stay on the field for the next two or three weeks. Um, because if that's not optimistic, but 
you know, other good news, Miles Sanders not on the injury report at all. Seems to be fully healthy. That's got to be good news to uh, Eagles fans' ears. The Eagles definitely seem to be uh, the reverse Cowboys in the in the sense that all their players are coming back while Dallas is all, like, falling apart. And they've, they've looked better. I think, you know, we were talking about – I'd be curious to see what your prediction would be, Dennis, because we talked the other day. I think they get to at least seven wins and – probably are winning that division. What do you think? Well, see, they're what at three, four, and one. Yeah, I could yep. see seven, eight, and one winning the division. Yeah, I think they're going to win the division as well. Uh, I am expecting a good game out of Rager this week. I do think possibly having a Alshon Jeffrey there could help open things up a little bit for him. So I'm looking forward to that. And Fantasy RR, you can hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions or anything. And I'm more than willing to to help you out in doing this podcasting thing as much as we do. If and if you need any help with anything, man, we're we're more than willing to help you out. Um, for the Giants side here, we got Shepard coming in at 35, Ingram coming in at five. Is Ingram finally going to deliver on his potential? I mean, he de- he's delivered on it numerous times. He just doesn't deliver on it consistently. Uh, I, I think we're in a situation here. Did boy, did we not? Is, is Slayton injured? Is that why he's not on there? Slayton's in think. the forties. He's in the forties. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's I, I think Ingram has a uh, he has all the ability in the world, and Jones has trust with him. I think it just comes down to Jones's decision making and not turning the ball over. Uh, but the Eagles have a pretty good pass rush. And, you know, if, if that pass rush puts puts pressure on Jones, uh, he'll be prone to make good decisions. Uh, I, I like Ingram. I think, you know, and they're starting to use him like uh, uh, John U. Smith in the, in the run game a little bit too, uh, which kind of makes me nervous given Ingram's history of fragility. Uh, but, yeah, I – you know he's a he's a tight end five, so obviously some one of us at least one of us thinks he's going to deliver pretty big this week. Well, I feel like prior to this season, the idea was Ingram would be a you know a top ten option at the position if he could just stay healthy. And at the beginning part of this season, where he was fully available and healthy, he looked like he had no. <laughs> Matt's raising his hand. He must have put him at four. I have him at three. Oh God, I I have um, him at three as well. So that must well, be kind of weird. Weird. like fifteen. It's a really bad week for tight ends. So I was like going back, I was like, uh, I actually think I had him kind of high. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I have him at three. Anyway, Honestly, I thought I had him at two. That's why I just looked. <laughs> the first part of this uh, season, it seemed like he just couldn't get anything going in the offense. I think the last few weeks have looked more like what we had always thought Ingram could look like in this, you know, look like if he could stay on the field. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm pretty sure I had him in the inside the top 10. I didn't go all out uh, with you guys right there at the top. I it's still the giants and I still think the giants suck. Yeah. You had him. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm, you know, I actually ranked Slayton Dennis. It's just I don't trust that they're getting. I did get too. I ranked him down in like the low forties. I think that's why. Yeah. I think uh, the consensus ranking was something like forty-five. 
It's just that once since Shepard's come back, they seem to go more to Shepard than anybody else. And so I, you know, it or, sucks. Uh, not last week, thing, Austin Mack caught more passes. Uh, I know. Product of the Ohio State right there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think that, you know, the one thing we talked about in the earlier part of the season where I think I was actually the highest on Ingram because I talked about if he can stay healthy, he can't produce. And that was kind of everybody's fear, though, right, coming into the year because he had proved he could stay healthy for an entire season. Uh, you know, maybe he can start putting it together. The Giants have looked a little bit better on offense the past couple weeks, a little bit, you know, with getting surprisingly Wayne Gallman actually able to to run the ball and give them some kind of running game. They've been able to to look a little bit better. So hopefully he can continue to uh, deliver on on uh, his potential. I don't remember who I picked to win this I mean, game. I think I picked the Gall- Eagles. Gallman is no, is no Saquon Barkley, but I think part of the – issue with New York has been none of those running backs are going to get going when they're all getting seven carries. Give somebody well, 15, 18 the, carries. Gallman's been getting them since they've had Freeman out. They haven't really been splitting it that much. And Freeman's out yeah. again this week. He's going to be out. So I, I think Gallman's going to keep getting the well, getting the workload. But no, this could be Jason, that game where Gallman Jason Garrett's there. Hard, so. He keeps giving Alfred Morris carries when Freeman's out. So they are splitting it. So that's true. Uh, but I picked the Eagles to win this. Uh, who you guys? I picked the win? Eagles as well. Uh, I picked the Giants. All right. Uh, Interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. The six and three Bucks versus the three and six Panthers. Brady coming in at 11. Rojo, 22. Fournette, 24. Godwin, 18. Evans, 23, which you just love to see it. You love to see it. And then Gronk coming in at three. I don't even think this is a can, the Bucks. How much do you expect the Bucks to rebound after last week's performance? I think Tom Brady's going to go out there for like 300 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, I don't five. know about five touchdowns. I don't know about five uh, touchdowns, but I, I do expect Brady to be chucking it around pretty good. Um, you, you, they have – I think Antonio Brown is just going to fuck that team all up. I, I think uh-huh. adding – one more high-profile mouth to feed when you have a quarterback who, for all intents and purposes, is the highest-profile diva in the NFL. And now you've got Evans, you've got Godwin, you've got uh, uh, Brown, you've got Gronk. Yeah, those running backs aren't getting jack shit. They may throw the ball 80 times this game just to try to keep all those pass receivers happy. Uh yeah, I mean, I think they'll score more than the three points that they mustered on Sunday Night Football. But uh, I don't know about you. I miss Jameis Winston. Uh, and I bet Chris Godwin and Mike Evans miss the hell out of Jameis Winston right now. Um, they they didn't look good, and I don't think their only problem was that they were playing the Saints last week. So Brady might be chucking the ball. Let's hope some of his own teammates catch it this week. Yeah, you uh, know, that. That Carolina defense ain't where it's at. No. It's you. Like I said, I'm I'm all in on Brady having a bounce back. I don't know if if Antonio Brown screws him up that much, but we all three talked about it. None of us thought he was going to be this wide receiver one so many people thought he was going to be when they went out there and and grabbed him off the waiver wires. So uh, for the Panthers here, Bridgewater at 22, Davis at 10, Anderson at 11, Debo St. Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel at 42, and DJ Moore at 44. Bridgewater struggled in the first matchup with the Buccaneers. Do we think he does better this time? And that Buccaneers defense ain't no joke. 
Um, uh, I, I think you're right. Drew Brees was laughing at him all last night. If, uh, it, yeah, well, Drew Brees ain't Teddy Bridgewater. It's um, debatable. I know about the Chargers. And, and, and Mike Davis is not Alvin Kamara. That's true. I'll give you that one. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees. I mean, if Brees put two gloves on, I kind of think they're the same person. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Now, I, I think it's going to be a high-volume passing game for Carolina because they are going to have to um, score points to keep up with, with Brady, <laughs> who, who's going to want to – Brady's going to want to put up some points this week. Um, where does that – you know – who who does that mean gets featured? Well, we know it's we know Anderson is going to get some uh, plenty of targets, but we've also seen games this this year where uh, DJ Moore has, has had lots of targets, put up lots of yards and touchdowns, and we've seen Curtis Samuel used in all type of uh, manner, running the ball, those jet sweeps, uh, catching the ball down the field. You know, last year he led him led the league in air yards, so. The potential is there, though. You know, honestly, with the three wide receivers at eleven, forty-two, and forty-four, one of them should, one of the two, Samuel or more, should be higher. Uh, you know, they should be more evenly distributed. But then it's a crapshoot as to which one is where. It could be, you know, more could be eleven, Anderson could be forty-two, and Samuel could be thirty-two. Uh, or Samuel could be 11, more could be 32, and Anderson, you know, it could go any which way. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it, if you're starting them on your fantasy team this week, uh, you're in for a nail biter. Yeah, and I think Bridgewater, I think, will be better. I think their offense will be better. I think the last time these two teams played was in week two, uh, and they were still figuring things out. Carolina has developed into a better and more compelling team since then. We've seen them take some pretty good teams to the limit. They took the Chiefs to the limit last week and came very close, you know, one sad Joey Sly field goal away from actually winning that game. So I like what they're doing. Um, I agree with this. One of those other two receivers probably should be higher. I think the fact that we have them grouped down in the 40s is because even we're not confident. Is it going to be Samuel this week or is it going to be more? It seems like Anderson has consistently either been the best or the second best because of the targets. He seems to be consistent. But one of the other two has has often emerged in these games. It's just how confident are you, you know, about the moment we write off DJ Moore like some people were doing after last week is the week that he comes back with 10 catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, in week two, uh, DJ Moore had eight catches for 120 yards and Robbie Anderson had nine for 109 and Teddy threw for 367. Uh, the rub was there were no, he didn't throw for any touchdowns and threw two interceptions. So if they can convert that volume, what did he throw? 42 times. They can convert some of those passes into touchdowns instead of interceptions. Uh, it could be it. Could, you know, it might be a great game for fantasy. It, it just might suck if you have whichever one of those three doesn't get the involvement. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually kind of high on two of these guys. I was kind of surprised to see them as low as they are. I have I ran Anderson at 11 and Curtis Samuel at 27. So I, I, I have DJ Moore ranked lower than those guys. I, I don't think – I think it's going to be more. I, I like Robbie Anderson. He, he's the one. We've talked about this 
for me, Curtis Samuel, I think should get that boost this week. And he will move up in my rankings that I re we redo on Saturdays because we know for sure Christian McCaffrey's out. And it really, since McCaffrey's been out, Samuel has boosted. We talked about this last week, Matt, right, with the Thursday preview that I talked about with Samuel out or with uh, CMC out. Samuel gets a lot more work in the rushing game as well. We saw him get a couple rushes in that Thursday night game. He's been kind of working more and more into that offense. Obviously, you guys know he was a guy that I loved at the beginning of this year and really starts being used the correct way in this offense by Joe Brady. So if I had to choose for me, it's Anderson and Samuel going into this week, and I'm starting both of them because I do think the Panthers are going to to try and keep score here with the Buccaneers, uh, and it's going to be, a, at least in my opinion, a very good game. All that being said, as much as I love the Panthers, I am taking the Buccaneers. Who are you guys picking? I got the Panthers. I took the Panthers too. All right. Uh the seven and two Bills versus the five and three Cardinals likely going to be one of the better games uh on the docket this weekend. We got Allen at four, Moss at 19, and Stefan Diggs at seven. Buffalo's offense got back on track last week. Can they keep it up against Arizona this week? You know, they're going to have to score points. Uh, we know Arizona is going to score points, so they're going to have to make sure they're moving the ball. Um, you know, Gabriel Davis has come on as a wide receiver that's really started to develop trust with uh, Josh Allen, and he's a bigger guy. He's, what, 6'3", I think. Um, you know, Diggs is Diggs. Uh, I probably missed on Diggs. I think I had Diggs at, like, wide receiver 23 going into the season. Yeah, I just didn't think – yeah, I didn't think there would be the volume that there has been and the improvement that, uh, well, at least through the first seven or so games uh, in Allen's accuracy, uh, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but that offense is starting to show that they can make some plays in the passing game. Cole Beasley is that, you know, I need six yards on third down, and Cole Beasley, he's going to get you 10 uh, every single time just about. You know, Moss has looked good last week, and he feels like he's coming on, which means, you know, we're probably in line for a single Terry, 13 carry, 99-yard game. Yeah, and I think their passing game has looked really good. They've, they've got John Brown going good. Gabe Davis has given them uh, some good uh, options too. I do think they will continue. We've seen teams be able to pass uh, – against the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't think the defense is going to scare them. Yeah, I just traded for Gabriel Davis this week in a league too. I my team started to fade. I think I was three and five or something, low in points and uh, somebody needed a running back. So I traded Chris Carson and a fourth for Zach Ertz, Gabriel Davis and a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think this is going to be a, a high-scoring affair. And, and Buffalo, it does seem like they started to get back on track last week. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to keep up with Arizona. It should be a really good game for for the likes of, of those three. I don't know if I see Singletary having having a good game. I really feel like they're transitioning to Moss, which sucks because I, I like Singletary coming out. But they just they seem to have Moss more on the field than they have Singletary lately. And I do like the Beasley call as well. He's a guy that if you can get into your flex spot, I think as well will have, have a good game here. Uh, Arizona side, Murray at two, Drake at 20. Edmonds, I'm sorry, Drake at 26, Edmonds at 20, Hopkins at three, and Christian Kirk at 20. Kirk really has come on of late. Uh, do you guys think he can be a solid wide receiver too this week and moving forward? 
Yeah, I, I think Kirk has stepped up into that slot there in Arizona. They're a high-volume passing game, and it is just a situation where they're going to he, – he's been there long enough that he's got the trust. He, he, he's not uh, – one of the best things that happened to Christian Kirk was DeAndre Hopkins, uh, plain and simple. He's going to have some really good games, but he's always going to be that number two and there's nothing wrong with that. It's like Sterling Shepard in New York. is When he's the number two guy, he's super, super productive. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being the number two guy, being a wide receiver, you know, 18 um, for fantasy. You're always productive, and, and you're getting good volume, and you're always involved. Kirk does a lot of really, really good things for that offense, and I think that uh, they've settled in nicely with what his role is in that offense opposite of, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, and I, I think he's finally stepping up into the the role and the production that people had hoped he would do for, for a while now. And when you're seeing teams now being uh, focusing on Hopkins, we've seen him the last few weeks step up and be that that outlet and Murray finding him. That probably will be the case again this week. You figure Tredavious White is likely to go uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that will open some opportunities for Kirk once again. You know, I think if I'm Buffalo, I it may be better for them to put White on Kirk because he can shut him down one-on-one. Then they can double Hopkins. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I, I think White is really good. Putting him one-on-one on Hopkins, who is also really good. Yeah. You know, so what? You, you, you hold him to five catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, and you call that, you call that a win? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested in too. Go ahead, Matt. No, you. I mean, you bring up a good, a good point. I just but even a blind squirrel like finds the, a nut once in a while. <laughs> it just seems like the way Buffalo has played some of these other players, they usually do put him on the, the premier receiver. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is they have a they have a good secondary altogether. So I, I don't even know whoever White goes on. I think that whoever is, who's across from him because he's not bad either. I I don't I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Is it Josh Norman? Is that who we were just talking about? If that's the case, yeah, yeah. Josh Josh Norman's going to get burned yeah, by Josh whoever Norman. White's not on. So I wonder if you. I kind of agree with Dennis. Maybe you take away Kirk and just let Hopkins beat you five yards down the field every every play instead of Christian Kirk going for like fifty. But uh, yeah, that's gonna. It's going to, I don't know, it's going to be a fun game. That's the one game I will be tuning into outside of watching the Browns now lose to uh, Houston since we all picked them to win. I am picking Buffalo to win this game. Who did you guys pick? Buffalo. I'm picking Arizona. All right. Dennis is either going to fall back in this one or he's going to catch up to me because we are going opposite on a lot of these games here. Uh, I'm falling back pretty far, so. We've got the three and five Broncos versus the should be five and four Raiders. Just saying, actually, they're should five, be four. They're five and three. They should <laughs> be. I know they are five and three. They should be. What's it actually? They should be three, uh, four, and three four. And five. No, they should no. be three and five. They should have lost to Justin Herbert last week, and they should have lost to the Browns the week before that. Lindsey coming in at 21, Gordon 18, Jerry Judy coming in at 30, and Noah Fant coming in at four. Is this offense starting to come together, Mr. Fox? It is in the fourth quarter. I would like to see it come together <laughs> in the other three quarters. Um, I, last week was Judy's best game. Uh, he seems to be developing some chemistry. I was bummed that Alberto tore his ACL, 
Um, they really need to get the running game going consistently. Um, it would help if you know Melvin Gordon just missed the team bus or got dropped out of the window or out of the plane uh, when they fly to Las Vegas, or gets lost, you know, like uh, Doug in the Hangover, and we can just play without him. But if they can get some of that going, that would be good. Graham Glasgow is set to return to come back off COVID IR, so that can only help. Um, I, I've been encouraged with the way. Locke has looked at times the last two weeks, but they've been talking about consistency, 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 and we just haven't seen it. And that's what makes me nervous. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Patrick is coming back and I think that provides more of an alpha type wide receiver. Uh, well, he's no Cortland Sutton. He is a different type of wide receiver than Jerry Judy is. Uh, and yeah, Albert O made some plays, but I, I don't think you lose anything because you've got Noah Fant. So it, it all is going to come down to that running game. You know, Gordon is the grinder and Lindsay is the explosive guy. And I think we all want to see much more of uh, Philip Lindsay. But uh, John Elway has basically said, I spent money on this dude and you're going to run him. And, and that's kind of the if, way it goes. If by grinder you mean he's he's grinding my heart into paste, then uh, you know you are correct. Three yards, three yards of pop, the occasional fumble. I'll give I'll give Gordon some grace when he learns how to throw a damn flea flicker pass back to his quarterback. Right. <laughs> Uh, on uh, Las Vegas' side here, we've got Jacobs at nine, Waller at one. Booker had a big day last week. Uh, does that continue? And if so, what does that mean for Jacobs? Well, like I just said a minute ago, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. You know, <laughs> that was a fluke. Hey, Booker yeah. looked good the week Booker before that had, as well. Yeah, he's had he's a couple been of getting a lot of carries coming on. And this, if you're talking about revenge game, this would be his revenge game because he essentially got uh, drafted iced and out. By, yeah, by the Broncos. I, no, he didn't get cut. His con- rookie contract expired. Oh, he was there no, for he, four years. He got iced they, out they, when they, they drafted Royce Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't yeah well, look, that's for him. That doesn't look good <laughs> in, in retrospect. I think Booker could continue to get some run they they looked better when they were alternating what but i think booker probably hurts jalen richard more than anything because booker's a good pass blocker and he's a decent pass receiver that was one of the things that even when they drafted royce freeman and philip Lindsay, he consistently had a third down role for a while because he's a good pass blocker and he's a good receiver I agree. I wasn't sure if okay. I wasn't sure if you had anything to add on on you know huge discussion Devonte Booker. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, God, as much as it pained me to do this because it's just further l- r- reducing the chances the Browns make the playoffs. I'm taking the Raiders. I got Denver. God damn you, Dennis! I I <laughs> took the Raiders as well. <laughs> now I feel uh, bad. Next up, we've got the two and six Chargers at the five That's and three Dolphins. This is definitely the afternoon game. This is afternoon game, right? It's not an early morning. Is this a morning game or afternoon game? No, there's a t- so this week there's only well, like that's right. Four, four morning of- games. And like that's right. It's like the NFL cannot get it together. It's either eleven in the morning and you have two options in the afternoon, or it's like four in the morning and you have twenty-seven options in the afternoon. Can we this- not get a more even spread? 
This will be prime watch for me with Herbert going up against two. It's going to be a lot of fun here. The Cardinals are playing at the same time. You were talking about that's right. That well, I'm changing my mind now. It's Herbert, baby. I I never miss a chance to watch my guy Herbert. Uh, We have Herbert coming in at six, Allen at four, Mike Williams at thirty three, and Hunter Henry at eight. Uh, Justin Jackson is out again after screwing all of us last week. So, what are you guys expecting out of the backfield this week with Troy Main Pope, Joshua Kelly, Matt Bruning, Dennis Bennett, and Matthew Fox all? rolling in that rotation right now. Oh, do you think they're going to pull Balage up again? Kalen Garbage? Uh, I, I don't did. know. Kalen yeah, Garbage is playing as well. So. And Kalen yeah, Garbage. It, it, it's Pope Kelly and Garbage. So. Um, like, they, I, I, I seem like they would do anything possible not to give the ball to Kelly the last few weeks, which has got to make you a little nervous. Um, I, I, I think part of it is they – it almost feels like Kelly has grasp of a certain portion of the offense and they've reached a point in the season where they just need to do more things. Now, whether, whether for some mystical reason coming in three weeks ago, Kalen Balaj has a bigger grasp of the offense all of a sudden, I don't know, or maybe Balaj is just executing the portion of the offense he's got better than Kelly is. I don't know. It's it's great. I don't know what the hell is going on there. You know, Tremaine Pope reminds me of Kyle Juszczyk. You know, if, if you put him in that put him in that San Francisco offense and give him 250 carries, he's going to get you a thousand yards. Put him in any other offense and give him 250 <laughs> carries and he's going to get you 250 yards. So I would not want to play any Chargers running back at this point in time. Their passing game is better than their running game anyway. I would imagine they're going to use all of them. It's, it's If somebody gets a touchdown, then that was the one to play. But how do you know who that's going to be? Um, I, it's It has just seemed like, you know, maybe Dennis is right. Kelly has only mastered a certain portion of the offense where he did something to Anthony Lynn uh, that – that has him in the doghouse, but you know, we he saw called, it was he one, called Justin Herbert surfer girl. How dare him? Good. He doesn't was, deserve to be starting then. It was one thing when Justin Jackson was, was going over him. And then we had that game where Justin Jackson and Troy main Pope were over him. But then the following week, both those guys get eliminated and they're like, Hey, uh, Kalen Balaj, I know you just spent time with Adam Gase. Why don't you come out here and uh, show us what you got? Oh, you just stay in the game. So, well, I, in, I in his defense, though, in Kelly. Lynn's defense, Lynn, Lynn has been in the league and he's been watching what's going on. And so he made the right decision to go, hey, you suck for Adam Gase. Come here. You're going to be great for me. I mean, we, yeah. we've seen that happen oh, everywhere. So he was a running back coach. So he is probably uniquely qualified to understand what makes a good running back. And there's got to be something about what they're seeing from Kelly. That's given him pause. And I think that should give us pause from putting him in our lineup. Yeah. I'm not playing any running backs because I actually think this is going to be a very good game. We we've seen Miami's got a really good defense the past couple of weeks. So uh, I'm not even sure 
as much as I hate to say it, I can honestly see this kind of being one of Herbert's low games, which means he scores only 23 points instead of like 30 something. But uh, I could see this being a very, very tough game. Uh, I'd love to see Herbert get a couple runs in the, in the goal line though, or right down in the red zone, help my, help out my fantasy teams. That, that would be much appreciated. On Miami's side here, Tua at 19, Parker 26, and Gusecki at 12. Can Tua do enough to move this team to 3-0 and as a starter? Well, I think the team has proved that Tua doesn't have to do much. You know, that defense plays well. And so can he do enough? He can because he doesn't. they don't need him to throw for 350 and four touchdowns. Um They've shown that if you know, as long as he's efficient, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over and, and make stupid plays, that they that defense can pick up the slack. Um, you know, Herbert's a gunslinger, and it wouldn't surprise me a bit if Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, Los Angeles, uh, rushes the ball like 15 times this game and Herbert throws it 45 or 50. Um, but Miami, with you know, I think he was developing chemistry with Preston Williams, and so that's going to hurt a little bit. But Devontae Parker is playing very well. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed, Matt. Uh, I went around uh, yesterday, and I picked up Antonio Callaway in just about every league I did not already have him in. I, I think that, uh, you know, he's got that kind of – that – that missing, he's that that deep threat. I think that uh, they didn't quite have before. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be active this week, but uh, I'd keep an eye out on Antonio Callaway. If he can keep his head on straight, man, he he's shown that he is explosive, and and uh, that could be really really be something. I think Gasicki gets a tick up. I think that's why we have him up at twelve, and we've historically this season kind of had him in the you know late teens. Um, Devontae Parker, it's you know, they've they've got guys that are gonna need to make some plays. Um I, I think that it's gonna come down to can that defense of Miami keep that explosive offense of the Chargers from making big plays. If they can, then maybe Tua can pull it off. Yeah, and that Tua hasn't had to put up huge numbers in the last two weeks, but I would say it was his poise and leadership and the way he played that really brought them back uh, to win that game. QB1. In Arizona, which looked like a very sig- kind of signature win. I-, I hope to see something similar as they're going forward. Matt does not because he's got a uh, tramp stamp on the line. He he would like to see Tua <laughs> take, a- take a step backward. Hey, look, it doesn't no, matter like if Herbert's good, a better but... quarterback on the field. Who has a better team? One of these let's, teams is going to be in the playoffs. Let's, let's be honest. It's not even a discussion. Herbert's been better than Tua. I don't care. Tua can still be good. Herbert's going to win an MVP. He went Rookie of the Year this year. I should have just gone with the Rookie of the Year, and someone would be getting a bolt-up tattoo right now. What I want to know is on the day that you have to get your dolphin trance stamp, are we going to do the show yeah. live via video? We can. As you're getting yeah. needled down. We yeah. Can. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are. I'm going to drive, drive my ass down like to Texas and I'll broadcast that shit. 
<laughs> it's, it's never gonna happen. We're gonna have to wait till they both retire, and then Tua either makes it because I did. I did unfortunately screw myself in saying that if they both retire and neither one does either one of those things, I'll still get the tattoo. So we're gonna. I, I, it's not gonna happen though. Justin Herbert's no. winning a Super Bowl in the next three years. It's just. It's gonna happen. Hey, you know what? A fifty-five-year-old dude with a dolphin tramp stamp. You're gonna be a catch out there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. My, maybe not quite the people I want to think I'm a catch, but you know what? That, that's all right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I am taking the Chargers to win this game. Who are you guys picking? Dolphins. Chargers for me as well. Two five and one Bengals at the eight and O Steelers. Burrow coming in at thirteen. Boyd fifteen. Higgins at twenty five. Mixon is now out. Do you guys think Geo is a good play against this defense? You know, I'll look for it uh, while Matt is talking. Um, but in the last three games, I think Pittsburgh has given up some decent fantasy points to running backs. I so uh, it, it's uh, I, I think you're starting Geo with you know confidence might be a strong word, but you're not you're certainly not sweating it. Uh, Geo has shown that he's he, Geo. I think is having a, a pretty good year. And with Burrow's gunslinging ability and ability to convert in the passing game, it's taken a lot of the pressure off of the running game and uh, the issues they've had with with the offensive line. So yeah, I think you you, you start you fire up Geo if you got him. You probably don't want him as your running back one, but if he's your RB two or a flex, you should feel fairly confident. Yeah, I think he'll put up solid. RB2 value, especially since he's involved in the passing game. Um, that usually especially gives you a stable floor in PPR. He may not be incredible, but both Pollard and uh, Elliott had, were able to move the ball against the Steelers last week, so I don't see any reason why they won't be able to get Bernard involved. Yeah, I think uh, if if Bernard, well, not if he's going to be the guy, I'm probably going to move him up to, in all honesty, probably around 15, 15, 13. He, he's been good. Uh, maybe this is the game that he takes that step back because we've always seen when Mixon goes out, Bernard has those couple good games and then seems to either get hurt himself or or kind of struggle. But I, I do expect him, because I do think this could be a very competitive game, actually. Uh, so I expect uh, Bernard to be pretty good. On Pittsburgh's side, we've got Connor coming in at 7, Juju 21, Deontay 22, Claypool 29, and E. Braun at 6. Ben, on the COVID list, but figures to be available. Connor had an off week against the Cowboys. Do you guys think he bounces back against the Cincinnati defense that would allow me to run for 100 yards against him? Man, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was the thing. They they haven't ever said that Connor had an injury. He appeared to be fully healthy yeah. for whatever reason. You know, you and I talked about it. it. It's like they weren't taking the Cowboys seriously, maybe, and they were just trying to give him a, a blow. But I think they'll come back, and if he gets his normal workload, he should should be good here. Um, I think last week, hopefully, was just an aberration where they decided to see if Benny Snell was a short yardage running back and decided he wasn't, and then tried. Uh, McFarland as a short yardage running back and realized he was even worse. Yeah, I, I think Connor's going to be good. I mean, my, my biggest fear is actually that Connor is going to be so good. And it's something Matt, you and me talked about with Ben being on the COVID list. Uh, we saw how that affected Stafford. All Not just on the COVID list, he injured both of his yeah. knees last week. Yeah. So, nobody's even talking about this 38 year old dude hurting yeah. both knees. 
I, I'm worried that maybe we see a, a step back in the passing game and the fact that with the Bengals being as bad as they are against the run, they kind of let Connor and and Snell carry this team this week. Uh, and maybe these wide receivers don't be are not able to put up the points because they just don't have Ben throwing it that much. I think that means uh, Ben's about to throw for 600 yards and seven touchdowns. And it's all going to go wow. to Juju and Claypool, and Deontay Johnson's going to do absolute shit on all my things. No, it's all, it's all going to go to James Washington. <laughs> Advance with with Donald. They're going to be like, hey, just put a mask on. (laughs) Now, you know, I think with Connor, it's he's the workhorse back. He fits the Steeler model, what they do. They they have occasional blurb games where, you know, they do something different. Connor healthy. He's going to get he's going to push for 20 carries. Um, I think Ben will be fine in the passing game. It'll come down to who. I don't think it's going to be high volume. But Cincinnati doesn't have terrific defensive backs. Uh, they they struggle there some, and so you know it's one of it's a, one of those where you see a you know a thirteen yard pass is completed and the wide receiver breaks it and takes it for forty yards for a touchdown. I think it's more those type of plays are going to happen. You you could get a couple deep shots because they're they're all, Steelers are always going to take those. But I think it's more be more of a run after the catch kind of kind of thing that's going to add up the yardage for the wide receivers and Big Ben. I need you, Deontay. That's all I'm going to say. I just traded Hopkins, lost Galladay. I need you, buddy. I know you're listening. Please, please, dear God, help I me out. I need you. I ain't I taking need the you. As much as I'd love for for Cincinnati to be able to pull this one off with Joe Cool, I'm taking Pittsburgh. What about you guys? Yep, Steelers. Six and two Seahawks at the five and three Rams. Wilson coming in at two. Carson 13. Metcalf two. Lockett 14. Although it does look like Carson may be out again. So we may have to readjust that. Uh, tough day last week uh, in week nine for Wilson. Do you guys think he bounces back? And if Carson is out again, are you guys going DJ Dallas or Travis Homer? There's Homer out too. I'll look. Answer the first question about Russell Wilson. I'll dig deeper into this running back backfield really quick. Well, we seem to have our consensus ranking with Wilson at number two. So I think the general consensus is that, yes, he will bounce back. Uh, I mean, when you have wide receivers like David Moore uh, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, they're they're going to let Russ cook. Uh, playing against the Rams, it'll be interesting to watch – uh, that DK Metcalf Jalen Ramsey matchup. I I believe I saw earlier this week that uh, that Ramsey will not follow Metcalf around the field. Um, which okay, but when they are locked up on each other, because because Ramsey's a pretty good sized fella. He's not one of these little quick small defensive backs. He's a, he's a bigger defensive back. So watching him and Metcalf square off, I think is going to be a treat on Sunday. Um, Lockett, he, you know, he's one of the, the, the more reliable guys in the, uh, in the wide receiver position. So I I'm a DJ Dallas guy on the run game. Uh, I like him over Homer. I think with Carson out and Hyde out, if they are both out, um, Dallas provides more in the running game than Homer does. Though Homer might be a touch better receiver. 
Yeah, I mean, if they were to miss, I, I would go DJ Dallas over Homer. It looks like both Hyde and Carson are listed as questionable, and it's a late game on Sunday. So, well, neither uh, practice today is what I'm showing right here. So I, I don't know if that's good news or uh, it's probably bad news. I would think, but they didn't. Neither one practiced Thursday or Friday, but I did see I see, did see that they're questionable technically. Yeah, that's why I posted the, that. It looks like that's the latest update from local radios that they're officially questionable. So, I mean, that's the tough thing. Um, trying to figure out if you, if you own all three Seattle running backs, you just wait till game time and you put one of them in there. If you don't, that's probably a little bit of a challenge. Um, but I think, you know, I think Russ has been pretty solid all, all season last week. Um, you know, being down to Buffalo and getting pressured. Buffalo has a good secondary. We saw him make some uncharacteristic mistakes. I don't think that we'll see that again this week. And I think this is a really kind of must-win game uh, in the division because the Rams and the Cardinals are five and three, only a game back. The Seahawks are six and two. They already lost to the Cardinals. They can't really afford to lose to the Rams. That creates kind of a murky three-way battle and there's going to be a huge difference between winning a division and being one of those three three or four wild card teams in terms of being home and your road to the playoffs yeah i think uh with the running backs you're just going to have to watch it i mean hopefully we get a little bit more clarity sunday morning but i, I don't know if that happens and i'm with you guys i think it's going to be a good day for for the seahawks offense on the Rams side, we've got Goff at 10, Henderson at 16, Woods at 13, Cup at 17. Uh, Seahawks defense has obviously been very pass-friendly. Do we expect a big day from Woods and Cup, one or the other? I mean, we both have them ranked high, but very rarely have we seen both have good games this year. Well, that's been this year, but historically we have seen the, that – Rams offense be able to support two and sometimes three high-level wide receivers. So I, the ability is there against a, a not terrific defense. I think it sounds like a pretty good opportunity for that Rams offensive pass game to to get out of the shoot and make some plays. Um Having balance, if Henderson can step up, he, he seems like he's starting to slowly take control of that running game there. Um, if he can step up and play well and keep the pressure off, uh, keep the, help keep the offense balanced, then I, I think that it bodes very well. You know, Goff is a timing passer, and he struggles when he's in traffic. And so if that offensive line can keep him clean, uh, against that defense, that that defensive backfield that struggles at times, it could be a big day for the Rams. This could be a really high-scoring game. Yeah, I think it will be a high-scoring game. We saw in the Rams' last game, which uh, they were on a bye last week, but in Week Eight, both uh, Woods and Cup had had big days, had solid days for fantasy. We've seen a lot of teams going against Seattle this year have had two or three. I mean, Buffalo last week, Gabe Davis had a great game. John Brown had a great day game. Stefan Diggs had a great game. And Beasley was flexible as well. So there's no reason to think these two Rams receivers, and I think they're going to need them. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to rely on them. The, you know, as Dennis said, Jared Goff struggles when he gets pressure. The 
Seattle's yeah. big problem has been, you know, their secondary is not great, but they're getting no pressure. They've made trades to try to increase that, but they're getting really no push and they're not really getting to the quarterback. And that's kind of exposing that secondary. And I think that probably continues against the Rams. The one thing that worries me about this passing offense is I wonder if the Rams try and go for a more run-heavy based game to try and limit the amount of time that uh, uh, Pittsburgh, my goodness, Seattle is on the field. But uh, but I do think that Woods and Cup are both going to come through for you this week. Uh, I I really want to go Rams, but I think I'm going to go Seahawks here. What about you guys? Hawks for me. Yeah, I went with Seattle. Uh, the four and five 49ers versus six and two Saints. Uh, we just have IU here at 28. Uh, obviously, with everything going on in the backfield, the week you choose Hasty, it's McKinnon. The week you choose McKinnon, it's Hasty. So, are you taking a shot on either one of these guys this week? Well, I, I saw a blurb earlier that said that McKinnon was in for a heavy workload. So, it's going to be Kyle Juice fire right? Hasty. Uh, probably, yeah. Or they will have found some guy on the waiver wire. If I, I think we have seen, though, the 49ers are taking a turn toward uh, playing for next year because both Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman said that they had wanted to play this week and the coach ruled them out. And the coach ruled Raheem Mostert's like, yeah, I think I got a chance to play. And the coach's like, he is out on Monday afternoon. So they're, <laughs> they're obviously not trying to uh, destroy these guys uh, right now, but I, for reasons that I cannot possibly justify, I guess I would lean hasty. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. My bad. Uh, so on the same side, I'm not playing either one. Sorry, Dennis. Did you want to, I thought you were done. No, I, I think if, if you're considering either one of them, it's not, it's because you don't really have any other options. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saints side, Breeze at eight, Kamara one, Thomas at five. The Saints offense looked great in week nine. Is their offense finally coming on? And will we see Mike Thomas take a step up in week 10? Man, I hope so. Uh, I'm trying to go from worst to the playoffs. And I, I suffered. I, I went 0-4, then I won two straight make, making deals. And then I, boy, in that going for that third straight victory in that league uh, when – the Cardinals went into overtime on Monday night. Goddamn Kyler Murray cost me that game. And then the following week, my decision to play Jalen Guyton over Justin Jackson cost me a game. So I'm I feel here. like I, I'm partially responsible for that. <laughs> no, no, you just confirmed the way I was already feeling. So uh, I, I'm at a point where I, and I'm playing like the guy who's in third place right now, and I've got Kelsey on a bye. So I've got Darren Fells at tight end. So I'm really, I'm really hoping for one of those screwy two touchdown Darren Fells games. Uh, I got Julio on a bye. Uh, it's, it's, it's a. I, I feel pretty good about this week. You know, he he had AJ Brown going, so he's already off to a, a tough start with with one of his guys. So that gives me a little bit of hope. I think if I lose this week. I don't think I'm going to make the playoffs. I've got to win out basically to make the playoffs to finish at seven and six. And, and it's, it's one of those situations where uh, my last trade I made, I sent CD lamb for Michael Thomas. There were a couple other small parts with it to kind of help balance it out. And I didn't want to trade lamb. And then 
Thomas sitting an extra week sort of put me in a crunch, but uh, I really need Michael Thomas to get back onto his, you know, I need, I need him to catch 10 slants for a hundred yards and two touchdowns this week. So do me right. Yeah. Guard Mike. <laughs> yeah. I, your lips to God's ears. I, he, he got the nice ease, ease back game uh, last week, five for 51. Not terrible, but not huge. But they were so explosive all over the field and scored so many points. And really, Tampa Bay surrendered uh, like they were the French military in the first quarter. So hopefully that's my only fear going against San Francisco team that's completely wiped out and depleted. Do the Saints get a huge lead again and then not really have to put their foot on the gas? Because I think at this point in time, with Michael Thomas having battled various injuries, if if you're up by 28 points, why are you going to be trying to force the ball to Michael Thomas? We need a competitive game. I hope we get it. I hope we get a big Michael Thomas, or maybe they come out and want to establish Michael Thomas early, and he's the reason they get to 28 nothing. But my fear is this isn't a super pressure game, and Kamara and Thomas get to take it a little easier again. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to – Thomas is going to take a step up this week. I think he goes back into finishing in the top 12. I think he's going to get a, at least a touchdown, uh, probably 50, 60 yards. I, I expect them to get him more involved. I-, I don't know if he's still dealing with the injury a little bit, but they can't just keep not having him involved in the offense, regardless of what it, what happened with everything. He- he's definitely the best pass catcher on their team. I am taking the Saints to win this game. What about you guys? 50, 60 yards for Thomas, so you're saying, what, 10, 12 catches? Probably 15, give or take. (laughs) I got the Saints. I got the Saints, too. Six and two Ravens at the three and five Patriots. We've got Lamar Jackson at nine and Mark Andrews at seven. Ingram likely out again. Are you guys leaning Dobbins or Edwards this week in the backfield? I'm going to keep leaning Dobbins. Uh, You know, he's just – yeah, Gus is a good back, but Dobbins has the potential to be great. And it's if one of them is gonna explode, it's gonna be Dobbins. And so I'm I'm gonna always lean towards that. It's I, I like Edwards. I think Edwards. I, I'd love to see Edwards in the uh, San Francisco offense with that one cut straight ahead. You know, don't have to worry about catching the ball. He can, you know, because that the way they scheme that offense, that would be fun to watch. Uh, it would be fun to watch for most backs. But um, I, I like Dobbins over Edwards. Uh, I just I just can't bring myself to not. I like Dobbins over Edwards too. I think we've seen teams uh, running against the Patriots have been able to have guys go in there and have some explosive plays. And I'm with Dennis. That feels like the the Dobbins role. And I think he can do that this week. Yep. I'm, I'm rolling Dobbins as well. Even though they keep giving Gus Edwards the ball on the goal line, I just, I can't, I can't quit JK. I think he's the better back. And I do think that's going to uh, eventually show itself on the field. On New England side here, Cam at 16, Myers at 34. Matt, me and you talked a little bit about this on Tuesday after the Monday night football game. Are we moving Jacoby Myers into flex territory? I am. Uh, yeah, I think I, he's I think developed he a good that. connection. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of receiver that I think Cam likes. He's maybe not quite as big. I think he is only about six one. But Cam likes bigger receivers with big wing wingspans. Um, and unlike Harry, uh, Myers gets a bit of separation. Uh, 
So I, I like my, you, you know, Myers is, he reminds me of Kendrick Bourne. For whatever reason, in preseason, he always shows out. You know, you've got five wide receivers in front of him and you suffer a bunch of injuries and then you stick him in the game and he always shows out. But then you always send him back to the bench. It's like, why doesn't Kendrick Bourne and why isn't Jacoby Myers? Why why don't why won't they just leave him in the game? Let him be the starter, let him play, give him a couple seasons, see what he can do. All right, so maybe he's not a great practice player, but he seems to produce whenever he's in the game. Uh I, I like what Myers has done. I think he's uh, stepping into a lead role on a bad team. Yeah, it's nice to see a wide receiver step up in New England. You would think that they drafted a guy in the first round a couple of years ago to actually do something. But, you know, hey, happy right. for him. I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm taking Myers up in the flex territory as well, as we talked about uh, on Tuesday. I am taking the Ravens to win this game. What about you guys? Ravens. Ravens for me. All right, on to the Monday night football game here. The three and five Vikings versus the five and four Bears. We've got Cook coming in at three, three Thielen coming in at 12. That's not a great way to put those ranked together. Three and Thielen there. Dalvin Cook at three, Adam Thielen at 12, Justin Jefferson at 27. Can the Bears contain Dalvin Cook? Well, if you guys would have ranked Dalvin Cook at one like you were supposed to, you wouldn't have had that situation. Where did who did I put it? One. I'm curious now that you say that. I don't know. Eric Jones. I got, two, I've got it. One. I got Dalvin Cook I, I at got, four because he's not going to be quite as good this week as he has been the past two weeks. Where he's I don't know. Dude's been freaking awesome. I know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, no, Chicago, Chicago's defense has it's good the ability. Last week they held Derrick Henry to 68 yards on 21. I think they're Derrick going to Henry, Dalvin but, Cook. I'm here's just the saying. thing: if you're gonna you commit to stopping the run, and you say Kirk Cousins, Captain Clutch, baby. Whoa. They did that too. Whoa. Whoa. They beat us. They did that to Tannehill, and it just barely worked. I think they do it again. Right. Again. So wait a minute. Tannehill, they they committed Cousins. to stopping the run on a guy that can only run forward and backwards. Versus a guy with lateral agility like Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. I'm somewhat with but, that here. I do no, think they're gonna not they're really. gonna do a good job, but not like as like they're gonna uh, shut him uh, down. Uh, but they, they, a they running back, great. you know. I mean, let's compare their pass receiving chops. I mean, Henry versus Cook in the passing game. I mean, it's it's not even close. The two running backs are so drastically different. I I, I give. The Bears credit. They have a good defense, and they've played well against the run. But stopping Derrick Henry is not the same as stopping Dalvin Cook. So it takes Derrick Henry you know, a quarter mile to get to the second level speed, and it takes Dalvin Cook two steps. It, now, long speed, it wouldn't surprise me if long speed, 100 yards, that Henry may very well be faster than Cook. But for those first 50 yards, Cook is going to have a pretty good lead. Uh, I like Cook to do what Cook does, and I think he's going to produce. Uh, and in part of it, I, I think Zimmer knows I can only lean so hard on Kirk Cousins. And having him back there with the ball in his hands for a long time is a bad, bad situation. And so it's it, it's they're going to try to establish Cook early in both the pass game and the run game. 
and and then they'll be able to work off of that to Thielen and Jefferson Smith. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't think he's gonna explode the way he did the last two weeks. I think it'll be more contained. I think they are gonna focus their efforts there and and dare Kirk Cousins to beat them. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, we're not projecting him to be, like, horrible. We've all got him in our no. top five, I believe. But, uh, yeah, I expect him to be a little bit uh, – I don't expect him to get, like, 200-plus all-purpose yards this week. He's, I think he's going to get, like, 100 or so with probably a touchdown. He's still going to be really good. Um, for Ray Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, Jerry Judy, rest of season. Ooh, Cup, Chark, Anderson, Judy for me. I'd probably go Anderson, Chark, Cup, Judy. Chark, Anderson, Cup, Judy. So we answered that completely different all through. So Jason, if if yeah, keep it the way you've got it, then I don't I don't know what to tell. You. Yeah, it's a uh, it's tough. I mean, I want to put Chark one, but I just I need to well, see more. We of, we more did determine that it wasn't Judy. Judy, yeah, yeah, that's the one thing. Yeah, Judy was four. <laughs> All right, so anyways, back on to uh, who are we talking about? Bears side now. Uh, Robinson coming in at six, Graham at nine. Montgomery is still questionable. Are you holding out hope for Monday Night Football? If he misses, is Nall a decent play? Matt Nagy has given up play calling duties. Will that matter? Well, I guess not if Nick Foles haven't given hasn't given up quarterbacking duties. Probably not. Last I heard, he hasn't. He's he's still planning on playing. Well, they, they don't have a choice. Trubisky's still injured. Oh, like, is, is he? he? Who did they? Yeah, the one play they let him come in two weeks ago, he injured his shoulder. They said he may have to have reconstructive surgery. I'm like, oh, jeez. They hey, missed well, Oh, that's too bad. Oh, it sucks that you're hurt. No, I, no, that's fine. I heard you the first time. You're good, Mitch. We'll take care of you. Just go, yeah. go see the doctor. I, well, no, really, no, really, Mitch. That's we got you. We can take it from here. I do wonder. They they talked about the the chemistry and the familiarity of the offense between Nagy and Foles was going to be a selling point on Foles. And it has seemed consistently in the time that he's been in there that he is frustrated by what they're calling and the pace at which they're calling. And he goes over to the sideline and is kind of yelling at the coach or, or, or they're not on the same page. So maybe it'll help Uh, to answer the other question. I don't think I'm holding out hope that Montgomery plays because if I have a, if I have an equal option on Sunday, which given what we've seen from Montgomery, you probably do have an equal option. I'm going to play that rather than risking ending up having to start Cordero Patterson or Ryan Null. Artavis Pierce is the guy you want. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you just said some someone comparable to David Montgomery. He's actually RB14 on the year, so he's not having a bad season. It just seems like it because he never does, like, anything great. He's just, like, right there consistently getting just stuffed at the line. But he may get you 12 points a week. Yeah. 12 like points a week. I forgot who, who said this. Someone said this on, on Twitter, I think, the other day. It was like, if you need David Montgomery to get you 10 points, he's going to get you 10 points. If you need Montgomery to get you 12 points, he's going to get you 10 points. Like, it's just one of those things where he's he's right there. He's not going to get you anything Nick. else. Yeah, it may have been Nick. It was one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, it's such a great line. Like, it's perfect. And that's what he is. It's And again, he's RB14 on the year, so he's not having a horrible year. He's just, there's no upside with David Montgomery. You know what you're going to get. It's like a... 
Corey Davis the first eight weeks of the season. You know you're getting 11.7 points out of him. Just take it and roll. Uh, but I'm with you, though, Matt. I, I, I'm not taking the chance on Montgomery right now because I don't trust Ryan Nall or even really Artavius Pierce will be able to do much of anything against uh, that Minnesota rush defense. They have a good front seven. It's their secondary that is just god-awful. They, they've got me back there playing defense right now. So I, I would, uh, I'd rather just put somebody in and, and hope for, for them to have a good game. With that being said, though, I am going to take the Nick Foles-led Bears to win this game. Who are you guys picking? I'm going Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. I'm taking Captain Clutch and the Vikings. All right. There we go. I like it. All right. So that does it for us today. Uh, We will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened. Probably a lot more misery as I'm likely going to get knocked out of a bunch of playoff races this week uh, and and kind of end my just wonderful 2020 fantasy football season. Uh, Outside of that, you can catch Dennis at not Geek Bob's Nation at Culture underscore Coach on Twitter. You can follow me at SportsFanaticMB. Matt there at Nighthawk7734. Enjoy the rest of your Friday the 13th, and good luck to everybody in Week 10. We will see you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>